Hello? Hello. Hello. This is Sean. Good to be here. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you here. Pardon me? Good to have you here. Oh, my dear. Glad to be here. <laughs> oh. Let's see. This one goes here. That one goes there. Hello, hello. Uh-oh. I'm missing a page. I am. Okay. I am missing a page. That one will be good. Four. Seven. Six. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what happened to Pastor Phil. He's around here somewhere. Praise the Lord. There he is. Say hello. Got all the way up here. And for whatever reason, only had one copy of our teaching tonight, so. Oh, so who else is listening in? I have I have our Helen. Who else is here? Hello, Queen here. Hi, Queen. Welcome. Thanks for having me. We are here for you. Okay. Okay. I have it set, babe. We are ready. Ready, ready. Although I might need a pen. Oh, there's got to be plenty around here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Who else? Who else wants to say hey? Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi. What? Mm. Hallelujah. Where are you? People, 
<laughs> come, come. Hmm. Well, Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a good light. Okay. Unless there is someone else that would like to say hello. I'm hey, going Gretchen. to mute. Hey Gretchen, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm going to mute the telephones and we'll get started. Praise the Lord. Hello. Hello. Hallelujah. Welcome, saints. Thank you for coming, tuning in on Friday night, date night with the Lord for Freedom's Way Ministries. My name is Phil Burdell. I'm here with my wife, Vicki, and we are, our mission is to uh, help you learn your true identity in Christ and walk in power as he did. So Amen. We thank you for tuning in. Freedom is our name. Freedom freedom is the wall. Praise the Lord. In you, Father, we can do all things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are good and you have a good plan for all of us and that you are bringing it to pass through these teachings and other ways. We thank you for the ability to grow in you the anointing to hear your word and have it change our heart, become more like you, more of you, Lord, less of us, more of you. And we turn this, or we say, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight in the meeting. Speak to your people. Give them revelation knowledge. Amen. Show your presence in them, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord, we need you. Yes, we need you at this time, Lord. So thank you, Lord. We turn aside any assignment from hell and try to interfere, bring confusion to anyone that would interfere with their understanding of what God would have delivered to them today, the benefits of his kingdom. So, Lord, we are ready, and we say, have your way, Holy Spirit. Bless everyone as you hear. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Well, we are in part three of our series of how to answer hard questions. Because as Christians, we get those questions, you know, and people want to say, well, you can't believe the word because a man wrote it or... Uh, it's contradictory, or this or that, or 
what does that really mean? And you need to be able to give an answer. These, uh, this uh, series comes from Hebrews chapter 6, the doctrine of Christ. And this is part one of the second doctrine, which is called faith toward God. Laying the foundation for the structure of our lives, we have so far talked about the importance of the Word of God in our everyday activities, how the Word must be the overriding influence in our lives, the final say on all things. And then we touched on how the six doctrines of Christ given to us in Hebrews chapter 6 are essential to forming in our hearts and minds a proper understanding of who God is. You will never know who you are until you know who God is. These are foundational building blocks for the structure of our Christian lives. Without a clear grasp of these foundational principles, we may have a misconception of God and be confused in our Christianity and ineffective in fulfilling our purpose. As we impart an understanding of these doctrines, we build a framework on which to hang the other things God begins to speak to us. Last week, we finished the explanation of the first of these doctrines, repentance from dead works, realizing what true repentance is and also what dead works mean. Without repentance, you cannot direct your faith towards God, which is the second in the order of laying this foundation. Let's look at our study text once again and then explore the sound doctrine that of faith toward God. And the scripture is Romans 6, verses 1. I'm sorry. Hebrews 6. <laughs> it just sounded like sanctification. <laughs> okay, let's start with that. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Yes. And God has issued a building permit. As there were in the first doctrine, there are also two thoughts in this doctrine as well. Faith and faith toward God. First, we'll look at faith and then talk a little bit about faith toward God. The time in which we live makes this topic a matter of life and death. Faith for the believer is going to become more and more of an issue no matter where you live. When everything goes totally contrary to what you see with your eyes and perceive in your minds, and calculate with your understanding, you will need this thing called faith moving inside you. And you will need it to be quickened and strengthened, oftentimes daily. 
faith can increase more and more as we rid ourselves of doubt. Now, I want to say you don't actually get more faith. You can just use more of what you've got. And we do need faith for every single thing in our lives. And we need less doubt. Absolutely. And what is faith? Maybe it seems obvious why faith is considered foundational. But this doctrine carries tremendous implications when you deeply study it. That's when you begin to truly realize you cannot please God without it. And you see that whatever is not of faith is sin. That is a strong truth. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Romans 14, 22 to 23. Have you faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he allows. And he that doubts is damned if he eats because he eats not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Wow. A basic understanding of faith will release us from the limitations of the natural world and transport us into the realm of the spirit where God lives and where we are meant to live. Faith allows us to transcend our circumstances where we can look down on the circumstances, not be under them. When asked, how are you? Some people answer, well, under the circumstances, I guess I'm doing okay. Christians are never meant to be under the circumstances. We are meant to be seated in heavenly places above the circumstances. Ephesians 2.6 tells us, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Faith is one of the few words in Scripture for which the Bible gives us a clear definition. This is found in the first verse of Hebrews chapter 11, which names the great hall of fame of faith. This chapter also is most likely the most pointed and clear passage concerning faith in the Bible. And that's Hebrews 11.1. Now now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. More often than not, people tend to think of faith as something we can't touch, that it is this nebulous, ambiguous thing, and it's not tangible. It's as if we think of faith as floating out there somewhere, that it's a kind of spiritual reality, but we can't really touch it. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that faith is substance. Substance, as we know it, is what we can perceive with our five senses. That is true, but reality is that those things which are eternal are more real than those things that are temporal. Real life consists of the things which are eternal. Faith is the mechanism that allows us to touch and live in eternal things now. Faith is 
You could put it this way, if it isn't now, it isn't faith. Faith connects us to eternal things. Developing that connection into the realm of the spirit is one of the reasons God allows the trying of your faith. The trying of your faith. One of the purposes of God in this doctrine of faith toward God is to deliver us from the natural, temporal, corruptible world we live in and to teach us of eternal things. The Lord loves us too much to allow us to center our trust and build our lives around any temporal thing, a job or a person or a worldly inheritance of finances or whatever. Remember, things that are seen are temporal. They're temporary. But things that are not seen are eternal. When everything you've trusted in in the natural disappears, that's when faith kicks in. And assurance begins to develop in your heart that God who promised will fulfill what he said. Faith brings us to a point where we can relate and trust in God and not in lesser things. God, in his wisdom, allows situations to come into our lives that force us to exercise faith. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Faith is like a muscle. As you load it up and use it, it actually develops and gets stronger. This happens at any age. So like a muscle, faith has the potential to grow. It has the potential to wither. If you use it, it becomes stronger. If you neglect it, it becomes weaker. Challenges to our faith help us grow it. When the disciples asked the Lord to increase their faith, Jesus told them to use what they had. Then he essentially told them faith is intended to serve us. Wow. In Luke 17, verses 5 through 8, states the following, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, Be you plucked up by the root. Be you planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say to him by and by, when he's come from the field, go and sit down to meet, and will not rather say to him, make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird yourself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward you shall eat and drink. I want to interject something here. Thank you. You know, this, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, this is really a, a remarkable passage here. And I want you to really think about it. Faith is the sub is the subject of the sentence. If you had faith, you would say blah blah, and it would obey you. And then Jesus reinforces that idea that faith is a servant by immediately talking about how you treat a servant. Wow. Amen. 
Jesus basically told his disciples to expect faith to work for them and not to doubt its strength. The Bible gives us a few basic things we can do to increase our faith. One is to stay in the word of God. Faith comes to us by hearing the word. Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another good exercise for building faith is to pray in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit is a lot different from praying with our own natural understanding. Faith takes us out of ourselves and into God. Jude 1.20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Once again, we need to remind you that increasing or building faith is not actually getting more faith. It's destroying doubt that blocks the measure of faith every believer has received. I want to read that scripture to you from Romans 12:3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you. How many is every? Every is all. That's it. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man. How many is every? Every man. Every man. The measure of faith. Everybody. Everybody. This verse tells me that every person has the same measure of faith. He didn't give more to one and less to another. Every man has the measure. If you are born again, then you have Jesus, and Jesus is faith. That is a full measure. You can't have more faith than that. But you can certainly have blocks to using your faith and thieves to hinder your abilities to tap into the faith within you and limitations that you can impose on faith through your agreement with fear, pride, and deception. One example of a thief of faith is found in John chapter 5 and verse 44. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only? Well, look into man. In this passage, Jesus, Jesus makes it pretty clear that seeking to receive honor from man instead of God will kill our faith. We need to realize that the primary purpose of faith is not that what we get what we want. That's right. It's, that's not the purpose. The purpose is for pleasing God. When we use our faith for other things, it becomes corrupted and will ultimately fade away. Another thing that kills our faith is listening to and agreeing with the lies of the enemy. Wow. The same way that true faith comes by hearing the word of God, faith is robbed from us when we listen to the voice of the enemy. Let's take a look now at how faith and hope work together. Faith and hope are related. 
faith is the evidence, is the, excuse me, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Compare hope to the thermostat in your house. You set it to a certain temperature designed to make you more comfortable. That's your hope. It's the goal setter. Faith is the compressor in the backyard that you don't see from the thermostat. That's right. It goes to work to accomplish the goal you set with your hope. The substance of things hoped for, in this sense, faith overrides the physical limitations of the natural world that we live in. The atmosphere around you conforms to your specifications set by hope brought into fruition through faith. That is really so powerful, and it is a great illustration. And if you want to change the atmosphere of your entire life, it starts in the spirit. It starts by having the hope, Jesus Christ, in us, our hope of glory, and setting that hope and it changes your spiritual atmosphere. Faith is not based on what we can see with our natural eye or perceive through our five senses. Faith is the ability to lay hold of things before we ever see them. Faith empowers us to live our lives as though we already have the things we hope for. The word tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. I'd like for everybody to notice something taught to us through Abraham, who is considered the father of our faith. This is in Romans 4.17. You may be familiar with this verse. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Now notice this. The things are not evident in the natural world. But he calls those things that are not in the natural as though they are. Because from God's perspective, they are. And that's the perspective to which we are called. We have to see it in our minds and our hearts, have the vision and the hope before we will see it in the natural world. Thank you, Lord. The Word of God is the foundation for our faith. The Bible tells us Abraham was fully persuaded that God would do what he said he would do. When God gives us a promise, we can have absolute confidence in it. Our faith can soar on the integrity of God's Word. Numbers 23:19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? We have what the Bible calls the interest or down payment of our faith today. 
All the rest, the things that have not yet manifested in the natural world are definitely sure to come because God has promised them to us. Amen. They are already ours, and we can declare them a certainty. All God's promises are yes and amen. Amen. When you make that kind of declaration, it affects the attitude in which you live your life. It affects your confession. It affects your planning for the future. There isn't presumption in that that is fully guaranteed stuff, and the guarantee is on the integrity of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And that is why faith comes by hearing. Once you know the Father has spoken it, and it belongs and pertains to you personally, you can have absolute assurance that what God has promised he is fully capable of and fully intent on providing. He's also willing. When you believe and doubt not, all of a sudden, things start changing. The hopelessness and the despair and all the worries and all the other yucky stuff just start falling away. The promises aren't promises anymore. They become benefits. <laughs> That's a good news. Yay, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now, having determined that faith is substance, we can say what faith is not. Faith is not some nebulous thing floating out there in space. Our definition tells us faith is not what is seen, but it is evidence of things not seen. It is real and has substance, but it can't be seen or naturally perceived through the five senses. Think of it as a title deed that proves the existence and ownership of a thing. If you own a house and you want to borrow money on it, you can't take the house down to the bank to show it exists or that it's yours. You present a title deed. That's your evidence of the thing not seen and the proof of your integrity. Oh, yeah. This was before Google Earth. This was before Google Earth. <laughs> ah. We need to loose ourselves from the limitations of the physical realm and live in the spiritual realm. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't use our brains and balance our checkbooks. And it doesn't mean that we can sit home and wait for a job to come to us if we're out of work. As we go through life, we can expect to face circumstances which have no natural answer. God uses these things that are outside our ability to change or cause to happen so that by faith we move into a whole new realm of truth. We find ourselves in a position to step into the place where we can know God in his glory and in his power. Everything we can see and touch was created by what we what could not be seen or touched. Everything we see and touch was created by what could not be seen or touched. 
Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Even God himself uses and lives in faith. God himself, when he formed the world, did it by faith. God himself, out of the assurance and absolute confidence in his own ability to do it, he did it. Every seen and known thing came first out of that which was not seen. So we know that faith is not what is seen. You've got to see a thing with the eye of faith before you see it with the natural eye. If you don't, you'll never see it with the natural eye. That means faith has the ability to see. It has vision, and it promotes and provides vision. The eye of faith actually has more keen sight than anything the natural eye could ever see. It sees things and calls those things which are not as those they are because God has called it so. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Having defined faith as confident or confidence or trust, we now realize there has to be a direction or a target for our faith. The doctrine is not simply faith. It is faith toward God. It isn't just about having faith in something. It's about having faith toward God. When you got saved, you likely realized that you had been putting your faith somewhere else. You were hoping to meet the right people, to marry the right person, to get the right degree or the right job. You were hoping, hoping, hoping for something. It's likely that you were also in fear because your faith was misdirected. Having faith toward God is the thing that, more than any other, will keep us out of fear. Some would even say that fear is negative faith. The Bible tells us that fear is a spirit. We can also conclude that fear is also a sin, because whatsoever is not of faith is sin, and you cannot be in fear of something and in faith faith toward God at the same time. Faith, fear and faith are essentially equal in the spirit realm in that they both project into the future and they both demand to be fulfilled. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you, Lord. That represents the Godhead, folks, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the unending, unconditional love of the Father, the sound mind, wisdom of the ages of Jesus Christ. What a gift. After you repented and turned your faith toward the one true God, many of your fears began to fade away. Placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross is the first and most important act of our faith. 
Only as we put our trust in him can we be saved. When you are truly born again, your hope leaves other things and turns to what is called faith toward God. It is the one essential act required in order to be saved from eternal damnation. This act of faith produces peace, joy, and eternal hope in the heart of the believer. We understand our own wretchedness and know no matter how hard we try to be good, we would never measure up on our own. And God, in his mercy, sent his son to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus lived a sinless life, and he laid down his perfect, sinless life as payment in full for our sins. Then after three days, Jesus rose from the dead as a sign to everyone and everything that we have been forgiven, redeemed, accepted, and reconciled back to God. Alive once again and reconnected to the nature of God and our true identity. Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our faith now has a target. We turn it toward God, no longer leaning and trusting in lesser things, but on God himself, not just any God. There are many gods out there, little g gods. We're talking about a very religious mindset where people have placed their confidence in things that appear to be gods but are not genuinely God. You can really only discern the true and living God through the word of God, especially as presented in these doctrines. And the relationship that you develop with him as you get to know Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that gives you the ability to discern the true and living God. Then when someone preaches or mentions Jesus to you, You can know if it is the true Jesus by whether or not what you hear lines up with these doctrines. Our hearts were designed to have faith. Everyone believes something you cannot not believe. Double negative. The entire idea of unbelief is not unbelief at all. It's really wrong belief. You believe in something, 
It's an unbelief as far as the things of God and a belief in something else because you were created to believe. We are now called to direct both our hope and our faith toward God. Just as faith and hope work together, directing both toward, directing both toward God is essential. There's a wonderful account about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, so let's go back there. We read the first part earlier. We'll repeat it again here. As it is Romans 4, 17 to 21. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Thank you, Lord. I love, love, love that. Being fully persuaded. Against hope in this passage means against all natural hope. Abraham had to stand in the face of information that was contrary to what God said. He had to stand against all natural hope. Because there wasn't any. He believed in a hope in God. There are two different kinds of hope here. In the natural, there is no hope available. No magic elixir, no charlatan snake oil, no pills, no surgeries, no anything in this world, no implants that could put life back into the reproductive systems of this man and his wife. But in God, hope and faith is found. As you are being stretched in your faith, you can be sure you will also have to face some things that are going to be in your face telling you that whatever you're believing for just can't happen. You'll hear things like this. That's impossible. It won't happen for you. God's not able. Or maybe God is able, but not for you. Against natural hope. When you believe in a hope in God, faith comes alive. Abraham had a promise that he would be the father of many nations. In the natural, it was impossible. He was well stricken in years, the Bible says. But God wants to deliver just what he said. There's an important twofold element here for us to consider when there is no hope in the natural. There were two things Abraham had to do. 
He had to not look at his own personal inabilities, his body, which was now dead, being about 100 years old. We all have our own issues not to look at. Abraham had to not look at his own body, now dead, or at the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sometimes we may think that even if we could get it together, we can't because of the people around us, our spouse, our employees, or co-workers, even other church members, our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. We could really make it happen if we had some other other better people, not the ones we have to deal with. Right. Give me some better people, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Faith has nothing to do with your own abilities or the abilities of other people. It has to do with the promise of God, the thing which he has spoken. We can't put our confidence in ourselves or other limited men and women. Our confidence has to be in God. So here are the two things you need not to consider when faced with impossibilities. Confidence in yourself and confidence in others. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, we need to remember that we don't serve the God of the possible. We serve the God of the impossible. So what does it mean to consider? Considering is the meditation of your heart, what you think on, what you meditate about, what you muse over, your thought life. You have a choice in the meditation of your heart. And we all need to police the meditation of our hearts because voices will come which are contrary to God. Don't sit down and have a cup of coffee with those thoughts that are telling you, you can't do this. You have to make the choice to consider the integrity of the one who promised. Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was fully persuaded. This is where his meditation was focused. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Thank you. Amen. We need to be fully persuaded, not in another person's ability to accomplish something, but rather in that God has promised and he is faithful. He will deliver. That is what faith towards God is all about. It's no longer faith in man or faith in our own abilities and talents. Think of this in relation to salvation. If you're still putting your faith in the fact that you're a good person and you come to church consistently and you tithe and that's what you're, what's going to get you to heaven, then you have faith in yourself and your ability to earn your way in. And you can't get into heaven with faith toward you. Your confidence, your confidence when it comes to heaven and hell must be in this principle of faith toward God. A lot of people have faith toward themselves. That is true. I know it sounds silly, but it is true. Yeah. Isaiah 64, 6. But we 
are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God, according to his mercy. Oh, thank you for being a merciful God. Mm-hmm. You know, this teaching about faith toward God, this could continue for many weeks yet. Freedom's Way taught on faith for 15 consecutive weeks one year. Some of you were here for that. We also have a three-day seminar on the subject. But that's enough for tonight, and we are not going to go on for 15 weeks. Next week, we will finish this doctrine by looking at the purpose of faith, the connection of faith and works, and what exactly is walking by faith. So I hope you will set your alarms, your calendars, whatever it is you need to remember to dial in next week, Monday night, Friday night, you'll be blessed. So let's just pray. You ready? Okay. And I encourage everybody, just pray this prayer out loud with me. Pray it. Pray it with your heart. Engage yourself in it. If you really want, this message has moved you and you really want to direct that faith toward God and get rid of some doubts. So here we go. Father God. Father God. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. For this truth about faith. This truth about faith. And faith toward you. Faith toward you. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you for correcting me. That I don't have a little bit of faith. That I don't have a little bit of faith. I have the full measure. I have the full measure. You've given it to all of us. You've given it to all of us. And I repent to you, Lord, for not using what you have given me. I repent to you, Lord, for not using what you have given me. Thank you, Father God, that faith is a servant. Thank you, Father God, that faith is a servant. And it will deliver me. And it will deliver me. From the natural, temporal, corruptible world. From the natural, temporal, corruptible world. And show me the way into the spirit. Show me the way into the spirit. Thank you, Lord, that I have faith. Thank you, Lord, that I have faith. To please you. To please you. Not to waste on myself. Not to waste on myself. Thank you for showing me that faith comes by your word. Thank you for showing me that faith comes by your word. And also 
by praying in the spirit and also by praying in the spirit and that i don't need more faith and that i don't need more faith i need less doubt i need less doubt so show me lord show me lord when doubt knocks at the door when doubt knocks at the door that i can answer in faith i can answer in faith and find there's nothing there and find there's nothing there Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Thank you that I've got a better understanding of faith. Thank you, I have a better understanding of faith. And how to apply it into my life. How to apply it into my life. How to target it toward you. How to target it toward you. And not myself. Not myself. I repent, Lord. And I repent, Lord. For depending on myself. Depending on myself. For depending on other people. For depending on other people. And not looking to you. Not looking to you. Help me, Father God. Help me, Father God. To stop considering my own inabilities. Stop considering my own inabilities. And to stop considering the limitations of other people. Stop considering the limitations of other people. Help me, Lord, to see that you are the God of the impossible. Help me, Lord, to see that you are the God of the impossible. And when I am faced with impossibilities, when I am faced with impossibilities, it's fruitless to have confidence in myself, fruitless to have confidence in myself, or in the people around me. Or in the people around me. Help me to be like Abraham. Help me to be like Abraham. To be fully persuaded. Be fully persuaded. That what you have said, you will do. And what you have said, you will do. In the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. I declare that his blood is all powerful and effective. And declare that his blood is all powerful and effective. To accomplish what I ask. To accomplish what I ask. And I thank you. And I thank you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. If you have a comment or a question, you can push the star six keys on your telephone. And that will unmute your phone. Hope you've learned something tonight. I certainly did. Hi, this is Helen. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that I will ever grasp everything about faith, but tonight was even better than Monday night. I just want to thank you very much. Okay. I uh, I still have uh, I you think you have faith and then then I'm well anyway that's it it was just a wonderful <laughs> teaching and I will go over my notes and also the uh, the teaching from Monday night have a blessed weekend thank you so much God bless you greatly mm-hmm. and it is true you know you do have that faith just got to get rid of the doubt right. Um, yeah, like it, it's 
like when I go to pray for someone, I think, well, now I know I have faith. And then when you don't get the results and you think, well, did I have faith? And I think for me anyway, I get tripped up there and I get hung up there. Uh, there's something um, such as getting rid of the, yeah. of the doubt more than concentrating well, on the amount and, of faith. And, you know, you're looking to yourself. It's right. not up, the result is not up to us. Right. Yeah, Our I know job, that. And, uh, yeah. And that's what you have. We all have to focus on that. Right. Well, I think it's good if the, you have a title, Faith Toward God. That helps a lot. Amen. Okay. Have Amen. a good weekend. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Who else? Hey, Gretchen. So Monday, I was thinking about the two versus the ten, the two spies that went in and had the good report. They had faith toward God. And I didn't mention it Monday, but one of the things I was thinking about was the command that they were told by Moses was to just go in, buy it out, and gather fruit. And tonight, you were talking about, it was like God using faith, and I, I don't remember what triggered it, but I started thinking about how the sower goes and sows the seed. Uh, it was when you were talking about power, love, and the sound mind, and how you know, that word's really been planted, and I have a lot of faith in that word, and so that particular word bears good fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. And so how really important faith is to bear any kind of fruit at all, like, you know, you and Helen were saying, it's faith in him, you know, um, yeah, I guess that's all I'm going to share, but a uh, lot to think about. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. And fruit does bear the fruit. Faith does bear the fruit. Fruit bears the fruit. <laughs> yeah. Faith does. Faith bears fruit. Hallelujah. And we can not only direct our faith toward God, but in that position of pleasing God, we can direct our faith to the advancement of the kingdom and in the things of God. Thank you, Lord. Who else has something to say tonight? Anybody? Hallelujah. 
Vicki, it's Queen. Hi there. Great teaching as as always. Um, I was tuned in Monday and and tonight, and I still feel feel like I don't know. I um, there's so much to learn. Like even like even though it's the same teaching Monday and tonight, it's still I guess different awareness so you can process different parts of it. So. I just, um, I really appreciate this one. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And um, again, uh, I I don't know. Did you text me? Because I I was going to send you that number. Did I? The playback? I I didn't text you. I kept forgetting. But I would love the playback of either Monday or tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'll send you a message and reminder. Yeah. Yeah, send me a message and I'll I will get that to you. Okay, um, thank you. Okay. So that you can listen and listen and listen and listen. Definitely. And the good yeah. News yeah. Is, good news. Yay! And the good news is, um, I we are ministering to a young couple who are very tech savvy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And um, <laughs> they're, um, they're going to take the messages that we have been doing for the past ever how long, since February anyway, and um, make some kind of uh, digital whatever, uh, a podcast or a YouTube channel or something. And put everything Ooh. on it. So, exciting. Gretchen has been amazing in helping me with stuff like that. But then I've dropped the ball because I've not either had the time or fully understood or whatever it is that I yeah. have not followed through to get it done. But now I have someone to, to do that follow through for me. And so that's a great praise report. And I'll be sure to let you guys know when it's whatever it is. <laughs> when it's whatever it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. And, you know, the best part is we're swapping wisdom for wisdom. So there you go. Praise God. Anybody else got something to say tonight? Hallelujah. Would you like to pray us into this wonderful weekend? Um, Bless Gretchen with an amazing anointing as she helps us on our journeys (laughs) when we are not there. And uh, <laughs> and what else? Oh yes, of course, the blessing. Hallelujah! Well, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are growing in you. Your word ministers to us, and we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for all that you are and all that you did. 
Lord, we just thank you for this ministry. Thank you for your word coming forth. And I thank you for Gretchen, Lord. I lift her up to you and I say, bless her with amazing wisdom these coming weeks as she helps with the ministry in the weekly, in the day, or I should say the weekly teachings and the morning uh, king's table. So, Lord, just give her great wisdom. Give her a special anointing to minister to your people in these coming weeks. And bless her abundantly as she labors in your kingdom for your purposes and will. So, Lord, bless her. Give her financial blessings. Give her all kinds of blessings. Health, security, peace. We thank you for her, Lord. We lift you up and we ask you to camp your angels around her and all your saints on the line tonight. Bless them. Bless their comings and goings. Give them wisdom, Lord. Speak to their minds. Put your word in their heart as they minister to others, as they minister back to you and glorify your name in the earth as we are called to do. Thank you for your calling, Lord. Thank you for the strength to fulfill it. Thank you for the gift of faith. And Lord, with your permission, I will bless your people as Aaron blessed the the people of Israel in Numbers chapter 6. The ironic benediction. unto you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you peace, give you shalom. And I add in Yeshem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, who is our Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. We honor and glorify you in all that we say and do. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless your people with a fantastic weekend, peace and prosperity to all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. We will have the King's Table Monday morning at 7.15, uh, part two of Faith Toward God. Monday night, 8.30. God bless you. We love you. Amen. God bless you. Bye now. We really love you. We really love you. <laughs> Much love. Many blessings. Have a good weekend. Thank you.